Welcome to the podcast for ambitious women. I'm your host, Dr. D. Franey. If you're a leader, innovator, or change maker, you belong here. Because around here, ambitious women are encouraged to have big, bold, unapologetic goals and dreams, and given the tools to execute and achieve them without the pressure, hustle, overwhelm, or burnout. Ladies, it's time to unlock your potential. What is up, ambitious women? I am super stoked for today's episode. This interview with Erica is so much fun. But before we dive in, as always, let me tell you about her. Erica Reitman is a biz mentor for Tell It Like It Is coaches who are ready to grow their online empires, especially while saying, fuck. Hi, maybe you know why she's here now. <laughs> In her past life, she was a successful interior designer, and her home has now appeared in two best-selling design books. She's written for HGTV, L Decor, House Beautiful, and The Huffington Post. She's also been lucky enough to speak at conferences like the Alt Design Summit and South by Southwest. In 2019, after making world-shifting changes in her own life, she got certified as a coach at Brooke Castillo's Life Coach School. In her first year as a coach, she earned over six figures and her husband and their senior basset hound Gus were able to move to San Miguel de de Allende, Mexico. And now she's on a mission to help 1000 women build their online coaching businesses that turn heads, keep people talking and make all the basic bitches jealous. Yeah, buddy. (laughs) All right, buckle up. Here we go. Welcome back to the podcast, y'all. I am super excited to have Erica Raven here today. Hello, hello. So happy to be here chatting with you. Yeah. Oh my God. I already know where this conversation's headed and I cannot wait. But first we have to start with this. You're in the hot seat. Have you always been an ambitious woman? Um, I think so. I inherited this from my mom, who also was always an ambitious woman, and it used to embarrass the hell out of me when I was a kid, because she was ambitious and very opinionated and always, you know, like, not let her freak flag fly, but she just was always out there in such a big way. And I remember as a kid just feeling like, could we like tone it down a little bit, mom? But now I realize I inherited all of this and it's one of my favorite things about myself. So I think I'm going to say yes. Awesome. When did you realize that you're more like your mom than not? I mean, I think it's happened more and more as I've gotten older. Um, I think for myself, having a business and really kind of leaning into this idea that I get to do this shit however I want to do it, because my mom was a major rule breaker, even more so than I was. Like, she got sent home from high school when she was 17 for wearing fishnet stockings one day to school. She was a crazy. Yeah, she was a crazy hippie. We lived in Woodstock, like the actual Woodstock when I was a kid. And so she was always kind of, you know, marching to the beat of her own drum. And again, I remember as a kid, even though that was my instinct, I used to be like scared to let that come to the forefront. Like if I was put in a group with other kids 
everybody had one idea about how to do things. And I was always the one who had this crazy idea. <laughs> and after a while, I started just like putting that part of myself away because I didn't want to stand out in that way. And since I've had my own business and I've realized like standing out is a good thing. Like things are a little saturated out there sometimes. And so if I have this thing about myself or if I have a different approach or a different way of thinking about things, I want to share that because I want to connect with those other people who also like to march to the beat of their own drum. So I think really for myself, having a business and being put in situations where maybe I wasn't like in my normal life, um, it's really come to the forefront. And I've realized more and more how much I'm like my mom. Yeah, that's so good. So tell me journey from kid watching your mom kind of wishing like, Oh, could you be a little bit more like other moms to now where you're like, hell yeah, I am my own person in my business. How did you get here? I mean, it's such a good question. I think for me, um, and I, because I work with other coaches, I see this a lot. I tend to work with women who kind of want to get to that place, but they also don't quite know how to get there. And they're a little afraid of getting there, quite frankly. And so I know for myself, I've started, like, it really started with me taking baby steps here and there. Sometimes it was accidental, but I definitely have always been the sort of person that, um, again, I have a unique approach and a unique way of doing things. And so when I would try something and somebody would then take notice and say like, wow, I've never seen anybody do it this way before. I've never seen a program like this before. That really gave me the confidence to keep pushing and to keep going. And again, I think with age, the older I get, the fewer fucks I give about what (laughs) anybody else thinks of me. And that has been so incredibly freeing. I think with social media too, like talking about being an entrepreneur and being in like new situations, I think the same thing happens with social media. Like there are so many more opportunities for people to judge us and to give us their opinion on what they think about who we are, what we said, or what we look like, or how we showed up, it can be really scary. And again, like, you know, I'm in my 40s. So I think if you're a woman who grew up in the United States, and you're of a certain age, there's just things that were kind of built into the societal fabric, at least, you know, in the communities that I lived in, and I was brought up in where you're not supposed to brag, You're not supposed to talk about money. You're not supposed to make too much of a spectacle of yourself. Like, (laughs) don't be too extra, like fade into the shadows a little bit. Like this is not not heard. Yeah. Yeah. And this is stuff that did not happen with men. It seemed like, um, in the same situations, but I still find sometimes that I am like slowly unraveling and undoing a lot of that. And what I have found is the more I do that, the more I show up as the real me, the more I just say, like, I give zero fucks what you think of me. If we're not a match, I send you off with so much love. The more successful I am, the more happy I am, and the more money I make, which is pretty freaking cool. Yeah. Do you find, because you have that, I give zero fucks what you have to say about me, um, Mm -hmm. you get less like haters and trolls and people? Because- I have have that same, like, don't, I don't fucking care. I don't care what you have to say. I'm not going to engage with your bullshit. And like, people don't mess with me, but I do see that there's other coaches and other people on online space that like, they have so many people like 
jump all over them. And I think it maybe is because that they have that fear that people are going to jump all over them. Right. Like that is so true because I constantly get asked, like, how do you deal with haters and what do you say? And how do you deal with these comments? It literally almost never happens. Um, it does sometimes, but I think people have realized like, there's no point in getting into it with me. <laughs> it's not going to work. Um, I also am in a place where I, so having a different opinion than I do, like I welcome that all day. Yeah. If you want to get into my DMS and have a real conversation, like two fucking adults, like I am happy to discuss anything. If you're just sending me a message that you think I'm a piece of garbage because I don't like Donald Trump or whatever it might be, I don't have the emotional energy to deal with that. And I just choose not to. So, you know, a lot of people have different approaches to things. I have some friends that like have so much fun responding and engaging with these people and sending like crazy videos and doing all of this shit. I don't have time for that, nor do I have interest in engaging in that, but yeah, it doesn't really happen much for me. Yeah. I think it's so, so true. Like it is that process. And I'm thinking of like everything that you just said of how you became who you are, the woman online that's showing her true self and has zero fucks what people have to think. It's like iteration, right? You didn't just come out the door and just show up on social media one day, like zero fucks at all. Like it was, it was like, I heard you say, did a little thing, saw how people gave you feedback to that thing that you tried and you decided, yeah. Hey, this worked. Hey, people like this. Hey, people more, want more of it. Or yeah. um, this thing that I thought was going to be cool. Didn't really work or, or yeah. people don't respond to this part of my story or who, my personality or who I am, but it's iteration, right? Yeah. And, and most importantly, it's, do I like it? I enjoy <laughs> I enjoy showing up online and not having to check 17 boxes before I do it to make sure that I look a certain way, that I don't bring this topic up, that I don't say this because I'm worried about offending this person or that person. I just like, there's no space in my brain for it anymore. And the other thing is, which is, I share this all the time. I am sure you have had the experience of trying to control how somebody responds to you or what they think of you or what their thoughts are about you. It doesn't fucking work. Right. So (laughs) once you realize that there are people, as much as you try, like, you know, maybe it's a particular topic, like you have a certain opinion on raising kids or the way you do things and you don't want to share it because you don't want to offend people and you feel like it's going to be super controversial that is not stopping people from judging you. There are probably people judging me at this very second right now, and there's nothing I can do about it. So once you realize that and you get that you truly, since you have no control over this thing, you may as well show up, say what you want, you know, (laughs) mean what you say, because it just doesn't work. This like trying to control how other people think about you or what they want to say. It just, it doesn't work. It, that, I, I find that that, that practice is so exhausting, but once you do realize I can't control them, they're going to think whatever they're going to think, no matter how I show up, there's it's freedom and energizing, like to, to gain all that energy back that you spent on, like trying to control how people think about you. It's, yeah. it's so liberating. It really is. Yeah. And it's so much more fun. Oh my gosh. So (laughs) much more fun. (laughs) 
so much more fun. It's crazy. Like how much um, brain space, like we take up with that fear of what are they going to think of me? They're going to think shit anyway, who cares? Just be you. (laughs) Yeah. And I, I find too, again, I see this with women, like there are so, we get so deep in our heads, inventing stories and scenarios and situations that don't exist, but they feel so real that after a while it's like, oh yeah, that thing didn't happen. I just was inventing it in my own head. Yeah. And And I, you know, I kind of look at it like I have a certain amount of emotional energy to spend every day. I almost look at it like I have a hundred units, let's say, of emotional energy. Do I want to spend 35 of them on angry mom 22 and some comment she left on one of my posts? Hell to the no. I do not. I'm dying because you always use angry mom 22. It's so so funny. I know. I love angry mom 22. All right. So if you don't follow Erica, then maybe you're picking up what she's putting down, but she does share a lot of controversial kind of in your face, very bold. Like this is who I am. Take it or leave it. um, Opinions. And one of the things that I love that you talk about is that you chose to not have children. And that's the thing that I was really excited to talk to you about because I think that's another one of those kind of like taboo topics or um, one of those things when people find out, you know, I'm also in my forties that I don't have children, don't want children, never wanted children. They kind of are like, what? Yeah. (laughs) So I don't know. We wanted to have a, a conversation about this. Tell me, tell me about your journey to making that decision. Yeah. Well, so I, it's interesting because I grew up thinking that I did want kids. Looking back on it now, I realized that what I was actually doing was associating that with wanting to find a partner and be in a relationship. And again, because I'm a woman in my forties, there was no discussion back when I was a kid growing up that this was even an an available choice for people. Like this wasn't a thing. This wasn't something that people were talking about. You were getting a doll baby. Like when you were a kid, you were thinking about having your own kids. People were asking you about this from the time I was a little girl. Like that's how woven into the fabric of everyday life it was. And so there wasn't really room in my brain for the idea that this could be a possibility for me. And so, especially since I was always like associating this, it was like, you got married and you had kids. That was just what happened out in the world. And so um, I think I was in my late 20, well, actually I got together with my husband. So I've been together with my husband for 20 years. This is our 20th year together, which is amazing. And I remember so clearly the day, actually the day when I came to this decision for myself, and it feels silly sharing it now, but my husband was never super into the idea of having kids. And when he shared this with me at first, it was kind of like shocking. Again, there was no room in my brain for this idea that a choice like this could be made. But I remember one day I was going on a walk. We were living in New York City And I was walking along the water and I was listening to music. And I just had this thought in my head that I could make the decision, not because 
you know, I was having fertility issues or for any other reason, but that, wait a second, I really could decide right now that I don't want kids and then not have to deal with this. And this could be the decision that I make for our lives in a very conscious, intentional way. And when I had this thought, it was like, I was Julie Andrews on top of a mountain (laughs) in the sound of music and the birds were singing and the sun was shining. And I felt like such deep, incredible relief that I knew like I was onto something here. And from that moment, I have not had a single second thought about it. Yeah. I literally wake up every single day feeling so excited and grateful that <laughs> we do not have kids. I mean, and that is just the truth. Yeah. <laughs> it's so funny. Like I, 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 one thing that you said is that, you know, how it's conditioned into us as little girls, like as soon as like we can talk and, pe- and we can understand people, it feels like that, that conditioning starts, but you know, it's almost like when you mentioned Greg and how he kind of had this notion that he didn't have to have kids. It's very interesting that men, it seems like men can decide not to have children. It's not even a conversation. Like people don't even question it. They don't even bother men about that. But if you're a woman who's like, I don't want to have children, the number of questions that, and the line of questioning that I have gotten since I, I, I knew it like in high school that I didn't want to have kids. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think I was lucky to have had an aunt that didn't have children when I was little. Yeah. I was like, wow, that's really fucking weird. You don't have kids. Why don't you have kids? Right. Because I, of that conditioning. But as I got a little bit older, I'm like, and started babysitting for people and watching the dynamics and their relationships. And I was a, a camp counselor. I was like, oh, that's a lot of fucking work. And I don't think I want to do it. And so like by 18, I was like, nope. I get it, auntie. I am not having kids either. Like I, I was just like, uh-uh, not going to happen. And, and even before I married Jason, I, I was like, I'm not having children. So if you really want children, we should probably not do this. Yeah. <laughs> and he was, and he was like, oh yeah, okay, whatever. I'm not, he like, he was never really like, had, hadn't really thought about it, but the line of questioning, like sometimes people are like, oh, you, or the insistence that I was going to change my mind, that I was young. And I'm like, yeah. actually I've put infinitely more thought as an 18 year old into the ramifications and responsibilities of having children versus everybody who does have children just because it's the thing they're supposed to do. Like no thinking about it at all. Right. Yeah. I mean, I will say I have now seen, because I've been in a 20 year relationship, I have seen the evolution of this conversation. And I do think things are so much better now. They are still not at a place where it's like, you know, a normal thing for people to do. But back when I made this decision, like 20 years ago, it was, I mean, I'm sure you can relate, especially when I made it in high school, it was really weird to the point that I even had to think through what my response would be to people when my husband and I got together and we decided we were going to get married immediately. The questions about kids started And I didn't feel at the time, like I could just say, no, we don't want kids. Like that just didn't feel like that was a possibility for me in these conversations that we're having, that we were having all the time. And I literally remember like spending time thinking through, like, how do I want to respond to people when they bring this up? And so the response that I came up with was, we're holding steady at the dog for right now. (laughs) 
it was like a little bit funny and it didn't necessarily say we were never having that, even though I knew we weren't, but it like shut down the conversation in a way that allowed us to like keep talking. Yeah. So I stuck with that for many years. I mean, I'm old enough now that nobody's asking me this question anymore, thankfully. But even that, I also, I have to say, I get so annoyed when women, even women who have made this decision to not have kids, when somebody asks them about it, they feel this need to immediately give this like appetizer or chaser of, I'm not having kids, but I love kids. I love kids. Like, don't think I'm that much of a monster. Yeah. So I have to tell you that I actually love kids, but I'm deciding not to have kids. Like, no, I don't love kids. And that's why I'm not having them. So why do I have to convince you? It's like, it's not even okay for those of us who have made this decision and feel really good about it to just say, no, I don't right. want kids. Yeah. It's so true. I mean, I think that some of that, like, but I love them is like a PTSD effect from like times where you were assertive and said, no, I'm not going to have kids. And then people are like, oh, do you hate children? No, I don't fucking hate kids. I just don't want them. Like, I don't want them. Yeah. yeah, So before we lived in Germany, we lived in Utah and I can't tell you how many times (laughs) because I do have a baby face and people assume that I'm much younger than I am, that I'm not in my forties, old white men, perfect strangers in the grocery store line asking me where my children were. I don't have any. Why don't, why don't you? Is it any of your fucking business, sir? Right. Yeah. It's, it's so insane. It really, like, it's a sort of question, like, could you imagine, like, just saying to some man, like, are you circumcised? (laughs) (laughs) Asking about somebody's body like that and choices that they've made and decisions that they've made it's so crazy. That's just like normal. Like yeah. people don't think twice about starting that discussion with a complete stranger. I, it's insane. Um, yeah. and, and like, what's even weirder to me is like that man doesn't know if I've had fertility issues. Right. Like women who have had fertility issues are often like hurt by that. Right. Cause they want yeah. children, but can't have it. And you know, there was part of me at a point where I was like, I'm just going to start answering. I can't just to make them feel bad. <laughs> yeah. Then I was like, oh, I'm not that person. Yeah. What here's, is- the, here's the interesting thing culturally is that there's not even a word for people like us. Yeah. Thanks. Like there's, <laughs> yeah. But what if you're not in a relationship? Right. So dinks is dual income, no kids, but what if you're single or yeah. What if your husband's unemployed? I mean, it's like, there's no, you know, it's so weird. And most people don't know what dinks even means. So I just think it's so interesting that there's not even a word in our language to describe a woman who chooses not to have kids. Yeah. Yeah. I always feel like, um, I'm kind of the looks that I get from people. It's almost like I'm walking around with an arm growing out of my forehead. Yeah. And, and like the, the questioning is like almost as like they're as surprised as if they had met someone with an arm in their forehead. Like I had a neighbor in Utah and she, one day she bravely asked me, she's like, can I ask you a question? I'm like, yeah, okay. She's like, so you chose not to have kids. Are you never going to have like that normal? And I'm like, yeah, no, like, I don't, I don't, I'm not going to have kids. I, it's just something I've never wanted to do. And she, she's of a certain faith and she had two and she was having a lot of pressure from 
from family and everyone else about like, when are you going to have another baby? But both of our kids are special needs. And like, I could tell she was already like at her limit, probably didn't need to have one or both of those children. But yeah. like, I was, I told her, I'm like, you know, you could stop. You don't have to have any more kids. And she started crying. She's like, you're the only person I have ever met who has told me that I don't have to have more kids that I can stop it too. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, that made my heart hurt for her. You know what I mean? Yeah. I will say though, because I do have some clients who are in their twenties and they have shared who also have chosen not to have kids. And they have shared with me that it's not really so much a conversation anymore, which makes me so, (laughs) so happy. Um, and again, because I'm in my forties, I don't really, I will say like over the past 10 years or so, this isn't really a conversation that I have a ton. Now I have it intentionally to just kind of share my decision and, you know, make sure that I'm, I love connecting with other women like you who have also kind of made this decision, but I really genuinely do think things are changing slowly, but surely. So I don't know who knows what things are going to look like in 20 more years, but for sure, for people like us, this has yeah. been a way more tricky, challenging situation. Yeah. Yeah. I can't wait till I've aged a little bit more and then people are done asking me. Yeah. <laughs> Cause I'm like, I don't even know if that's still possible anymore. Right. Um, well, then they're going to be asking like, do you like to hang out with your grandkids? And oh shit. Yeah. Right. Cause yeah. I have friends that are my age that are starting, or especially in Utah, that my age with grandbabies. I'm like, I don't even feel old enough to have a child if I wanted to. <laughs> Yeah, that's such a good, like, I, and maybe it's because of where I have lived. I haven't seen that like conversation changing, but man, so like at one point I had someone tell me that I wasn't a real woman. If I didn't have children, I was like, wow, could you say anything more offensive? Like, what am I, if I don't have children then? Right. Or that like, you'll, you don't understand true love because you've never experienced love between a mother and her child. But here's the other thing too. I see all the time women saying like, I've experienced life without kids and I've experienced life with kids and I can tell you how much richer it is. But here's the problem with that analysis. These women are thinking back to like a few years after college when they were poor and like had just gotten together with their husbands and didn't, you know, like have a lot going on in their lives. And they're comparing that to somebody like me who's been in a relationship for 20 years without kids is at a certain financial level is at a certain maturity level you cannot compare just like i could never understand what it's like to have kids just because i babysit for two nights in a row you don't have an understanding of what life is like as somebody who chose to not have kids and is in a 20-year relationship with somebody that's so so different than like your few years after college right. <laughs> before you and your husband had had kids. So that I think is interesting too. Like people don't really think of it that way. Yeah. And neither is right. Neither is yeah. wrong, right. It's of just like, not. like allow people to make decisions that are right for them. Yeah, totally. Yeah. So I want to take this a little bit more meta, like why why is it important for you to talk so vocally about this decision? And, and it could be like anything, right? Like something, you know, like I said, you like to talk 
about more polarizing and and you have opposite day where you like to share (laughs) um, opinions that are, that go against the grain. Why, why do you do that? I do it because it is so much a part of who I am. And I always like to show up as an example of what is possible for other people who might be struggling with the same decision or might want to talk about things just like I am. And so for me, it's really important to be a part of certain conversations. This is one of them for sure. I actually like having this conversation with you is making me realize I do want to talk about this more because I want to be a part of normalizing it. And I just want to give other women, if there are other women out there who are looking for that permission, that same way that you did for your neighbor, that to me is so empowering and so exciting. And every time I have talked about something, like for instance, I talk about my struggle with depression. I was diagnosed, I don't know, 25 years ago at this point. And I have been on medication this entire time and I'm not trying to get off, which is a different thing than what you see most people talking about, you know, dealing with depression and medication. And it just seems to me like everybody is talking about trying to get off of their medication. I'm not, I'm happy to be on it for the rest of my life. And so that was a conversation that I wasn't seeing people have a lot. And I wanted to have it because I just know there are other people out there like me who are feeling this like pressure in my mind, ridiculous pressure, because with any other illness or situation, you don't hear people talking about like, I have epilepsy, but like, I'm really trying to get off my medication. Like nobody fucking does that. No. For some reason with mental illness, like that's a stigma, that's a thing. And so for me, it just has been, that's been one of the gifts of social media is being able to have, and I don't care how many people you have following you or how many people you have in your community. We each have a platform where we are able to go out there and talk about these things that are part of our lives or meaningful to us in a way that could be so freaking impactful. And what I say to myself every time I'm thinking of having one of these conversations is, if what I'm about to share can help one person, if it could potentially help one person make a shift or have an aha moment, then it's worth it for me. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like thinking about how I help my neighbor makes all the men in the grocery store line involving themselves in my uterus worth it. Right. Totally. I really like, you know, this idea of sharing these things as, as, as really giving women permission. I I think we're, we're should on and, and expected and prescribed how to be in so many different ways and so many conflicting ways as well that, Mm -hmm you know, just saying, Hey, no, you get to decide for yourself. I know that there's a lot of people out there that have fucking opinions about what you do or don't do as a woman, but you here's permission to create the most intentional version of your life by your design, by your decision-making. Yeah. It's really freaking exciting. Yeah. To do that. (laughs) Because again, as you just said, like I I struggle with this too. Like sometimes I forget I am allowed to decide to do things a different way. But for me, what I have found, the more I do that, the more I just really lean into like, well, how do you want to deal with this thing? 
you know, how do you want to go through this experience or, you know, create this part of your business? It's so freaking exciting when you really can just do it in a way that feels good and fun and aligned for you, even if that looks different than what everybody else out there is doing. Yeah, it's so true. I, I, with my clients too, it's a lot of like, okay, yeah, that's the way that some people do it, but how do you right. want to do it? <laughs> right. You get to design the show. Yeah. You know, I was totally. working with a client last night and we, we've been battling some of these shoulds for her business, but, but she's got ADHD and depression and, and some other mental health stuff. And, and she has so much shame because she's not doing it like everyone else. I'm like, great. Like that's like, you don't have to do it like everyone else. You get to do it a way that, that this is the beauty of you having your own business. Like you get to yeah. make a decision that honors you and your needs and the way that you focus and the way that like you best create, you don't have to shove yourself into a fucking mold and do it the way that other people do it. Like Let's, right. let's like really like lean into the strength of the fact that like you, you get to call the shots here and it can work. In fact, it's going to work better. <laughs> yeah, for sure. I mean, that's one of my frustrations with the online business world, because I just see constantly like, here's my 12 step yes. formula. Here's my, pri you know, priority framework. Here's like, do it this way. And you're going to have the same results that I, I did. And that's cool. If you like to follow that sort of thing, there's definitely a market there out there for it. But I almost have like a physical allergic reaction to following somebody else's exact formula. I need my own formula. Well, especially if you're not um, marketing to the same clients, doing the, yeah. same, the exact same um, programs and uh, products and services. And then, and then it, it, to me, like it hurts my heart because I work with so many people who have done those fail proof systems and, um, they didn't work for them because it was the wrong system for that person to be using. And then they have shame. They think it's, there's something right. wrong with them because it's like proven system didn't work. So yeah, amazing. yeah, totally. So what other advice do you have for ambitious women? Like what, what's something that you wish you would have been told maybe like in the beginning of your business along your journey? Um, what advice? I mean, the getting yourself to a place where you don't care what people think about you has been one of the biggest gifts that I've ever given myself in my entire life. And as you mentioned, it is a process. But if you can start right now trying to think about wrangling your dick brain, I always <laughs> like to say your brain is a dick. Um, I am a business coach. And so I love sharing stuff about strategy and marketing and all of that. But honestly, 99.9% of your challenges and problems and issues, whether you have your own business right now or you don't are brain-based and mindset-based. Absolutely. <laughs> so that is really something if you have not, you know, started to do the work there or really looked into how your dick brain is messing with you on a daily basis, that's really something that I think is worth your time and effort. And that could be looking for a podcast like yours and maybe deep diving and listening to some episodes that could be getting a book that could be taking a course that could be working with a coach. But that to me has given me the biggest payoff because 
it's just one of those things that you're going to be working on it for the rest of your life. So even for people like me who do spend a lot of time and effort and energy working on my dick brain, it's just given me so much freedom and motivation and excitement to grow for me, my business and do things in my life, like move to Mexico, which my husband and I did three years ago. So I'm an expat just like you. So that's something that I really think um, is going to pay off in spades for anyone who really wants to kind of work on that up-level vibe in their own lives. Yeah, yeah, really. I think that, you know, because of the way we're taught in schools, we're we're taught to do the how-to, right? Like the action oriented, how to get the thing that you want, how to create the change. But often, like you said, 99.99999% of it is really just what's going on in that big, beautiful brain of yours. Yeah. (laughs) And, and really like, once you change those thoughts, that mindset, those beliefs, everything downstream becomes so much easier. You're not like fighting against your dick brain all the time. For sure. Yeah. I mean, it's always, I remember when I first started doing this work and I figured out like the power of wrangling your dick brain, I did have like a month or so where I was like, oh, amazing. I know how to solve all of my problems now. So I'm not going to have problems anymore. This is so cool. Yeah. (laughs) And that is not quite what happens. Like I always had this concept that I get myself to the top of the mountain And I'm never getting to the top of the mountain. Again, this is something that is always going to be front and center, but I now have so many more skills and so much more of an ability to deal with stuff like this that I'm just like happily climbing the mountain. Like we can have our picnic, I'll bring some wine, not cheese because I'm a vegan now, but like (laughs) I'm never getting to the top of the mountain and that's okay. Yeah, it's so true. I think uh, I we all fall into that trap when we first start yeah. doing mindset work. I'm like, I'm going to never have problems again. But now it's more just like, oh yeah, of course my brain's doing that. It's just trying to keep me safe. Yeah. Of course right. I have that shitty thought. It's been conditioned into my head from every single direction. Um, yeah. Oh, I'm, that's my humanity. I can't outrun my humanity. I'm a, I'm not a fucking robot. (laughs) Right. It's something that used to like in, you know, my past days might knock me out for a month is now just like an hour. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, Do you find that you're not like, um, pathologizing it either where it's like, oh, I'm broken. There's something that needs to be fixed. Now I'm like, oh no, that's just my brain doing what brains do. Yeah. I mean, look, I have my days, like I definitely, you know, during like more stressful times, like a launch, for example, like sometimes I feel like I wake up in the morning thinking like, I'm going to be the first billion dollar coach. I'm going to be on the cover of Forbes magazine. They're probably going to be calling me later today. And then by the end of the day, I've convinced myself that nobody's ever going to hire me or buy anything from me again. (laughs) So I still have those moments, but again, I'm able to pull myself out so much more quickly. Um, and have those conversations like, okay, Dick Brain is really on fire today. He's, you know, like making some moves out there in the world and then just kind of get back to centering myself. But it happens still even to me. Yeah, yeah. I I think that that's like, 
I found comfort in that. Once I realized yeah. that like some of my coaches that were a few uh, steps ahead of me were like, no, it's, yeah. it's the same shit. It's, do you still have a brain? It still does what brains do. And I'm like, oh, yeah, that was another one of those things where I'm like, oh, now that just created so much more <laughs> energetic space. Cause like that fighting against that, like, I got to get to that point where like, I just don't have this problem anymore. Right. I'm like, oh no, like th- that acceptance. Oh, I have so much freedom and acceptance. <laughs> yeah. And it also allows you to plan a little bit more because you start to see the patterns and we all have like different patterns and different triggers and things like that. So now that I have a better understanding of how my dick brain works, I can try and plan for how I'm going to deal with it when it starts like doing its thing. And that's, oh, yeah. So during the launch, you build in some time for mind drama. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> kind of. I mean, what I do is I think about like, again, I've launched maybe a dozen times now. And so I've seen patterns develop like I start off with a bang, ready to go. And then if it's like a Monday to Friday sort of thing on Wednesday or Thursday, I'm ready to jump off a cliff. I'm an emotional wreck. You know, it's that like messy middle part of it. And so I now do things that I know are going to kind of help me through that time. So for example, like food is like a big trigger for me. And when I'm having stressful moments, I'm grabbing Domino's pizza. And again, I'm a vegan. I don't eat pizza, but that's the sort of thing that starts happening when I'm feeling really stressful. So I will take the time to, you know, do different things. Like when I'm back in the States, I can order food and have it kind of prepared and ready to go. The last time I did a launch here, I worked with somebody to kind of help me prepare my food for the week so that it was in the refrigerator, easily grabbable. Now that doesn't guarantee I'm not going to be dialing dominoes, but it definitely really helps. Um, thinking through the, the consumption that I'm doing that week from my podcasts to my TV shows, to things like that. I made myself a playlist of like different podcast episodes I wanted to listen to. So there's so much that we can do. It's just taking the time to do it and make sure that we're best prepared for whatever mind drama. Yes. And even like that permission to take care of your needs. I, that, yeah. that's like one of the things that like, I'll, sometimes I'll ask my clients, like, what do you need right now? Like I can tell that they're like, they've got a, some sort of physiological need or whatever that they're not catering to that. They're trying to force down and ignore. Yeah. And, and it's so funny. Like the, the first answer is like always like some weird ass to-do list type of like, I need to be more efficient. I need to be more productive. And I'm like, fucking bullshit. Like, what do you need? And like, yeah. And it's like, I need a nap. I need um, a bath. I need, right? like, yeah. it's like, yes, please go do that. If you do that, then the efficiency, the productivity, the things will happen. But like, stop denying that, like set yourself up for success. It's not just yeah. like the, having the perfect to-do list, having like all of the, the checkbox box things for the launch. It's like, what are my human needs that like will set me up to be the most successful version of myself mm-hmm. and think well, right? Like when we don't take care of our physiological needs, our minds are a mess. Yeah, for sure. I like to, so for me, I like to go with, what do I want? That mm. feels like more because it's almost like, I feel like we often don't even give ourselves the space to think about what we want. 
I find this all the time with clients when I say like, if I could right now wave my magic wand and turn your business into whatever dreamy, vibey thing you want, there are no restrictions. What does that look like? Most people don't even know. Yeah. You know, and that's like our brain just like getting in the way for me. It's often like feeling like I need to do things somebody else's way yeah. or follow somebody else's formula. And so when you don't necessarily have an example or you haven't challenged yourself to think through what those things actually look like, it almost like it doesn't even occur to us. Like, for example, I'm not quite there, but my ideal work day is going to be like working from 7 a.m. to lunch and then that's it like probably three days a week now I have never had a job out in the corporate world that looked like that like that was never anything that was offered that was never an option I don't even hear other people talk like I wake up super early which is weird for a lot of (laughs) but that's my most productive time. And so that is the thing that when I think about like, what does my dreamiest version of my business look like? That's what it looks like. And again, I'm not quite there yet, but without seeing other examples of people doing that, I just kind of figured that out for myself in my head. And there's about 9 billion different decisions we can make, whether you have a full-time job or you're building your business or whatever it might be. We all have so much more freedom than we think we do to create that amazing life for ourselves. And it makes me so fucking happy when I see especially other women doing that and really stepping into it. For sure. And I think that really like the first step is asking yourself what you want. That's like such a million dollar question. Not what other people told you. What do you want? want. And it's that, it's that intentional decision-making, the permission to allow yourself to have what you want to do it differently. Yeah. Totally. To be unapologetic about it, to be truly right. you. Right. Cause like, even to say, well, this is what I want. Like that's vulnerable too. If it, if, especially if it's different than like the norm. A hundred percent. And then there's all these other pieces involved, like money mindset stuff. Like you're not allowed to say, I want to be rich. Cause that's not okay. And that's not cool. And you don't want to talk about money and things like that. That's like going back to all of the societal norms that at least women in our age range are likely dealing with. Um, and that's something else that I really intentionally want to be parts of conversations and different things happening that will normalize us having these discussions. Because there's nothing, in my opinion, there's nothing wrong with saying, I want to be rich. Good people, I find, do really good things with lots of money. Such cool shit with money. Yeah, (laughs) for sure. I know, as I see, like, my business make more and more money, like, I always put aside um, for giving. And this year, I'm so excited because I just see how much more and more and more money I'm putting into my giving account. I'm like, at the end of the year, like, I'm going to cry so hard for, like, you know what I mean? Like, how cool that I'm making this kind of money and working really hard and helping these people, but because they're investing in me, like we're paying it forward. Like good people do good shit with more money. Ladies make some more fucking money. Let's go. Yes. Yes. And stop apologizing for it. Yeah. It's okay to want it. And it's okay to like want it because you want to buy some fancy shoes too. Fuck whatever the fuck you want with your money. Exactly. (laughs) Yes. For me, I always talk about how my dreamiest goal is I want to get to a place where 
I'm always flying first class. And it's like, not even a question. I don't know how much money that is going to require, but like, it's not like between me and my husband, like, well, should we do the first class ticket? Cause then we're going to have to do this. And that. I don't want it to be a discussion. I just want whoever is buying the ticket to know, obviously we're buying a first class ticket. Yeah. I think that's my next level goals because for the longest time it was like, I can always, I always buy the organic. I've been at that place for a while. So maybe first class is like the next, like, yeah, yeah. It's really, and even though I'm not a hundred percent there yet, I'm now like at a place where I'm always doing some sort of upgrade. So this is something I recommend to you. If you have a goal like that and you can't just immediately get there, there's little things you can do like that. So even like there's this Volaris is this airline here in Mexico. They don't even have a first class. Like it's not an option, but you can upgrade your seat so that you could sit in the first row and you can upgrade so that you could board the plane first. Like things like that feel like I'm pushing myself toward that eventual goal. So I will even do things, even if they're small to make sure that I'm kind of like on the road to that eventual bigger. Oh, I love that. I love that. Even like, uh, we just booked a flight to go to Stockholm and I, I was going to look at some of the discount carriers like Ryanair, but I, I was like, no, I mean, we just bought Lufthansa it was a little bit yeah. more money. Yeah. But it's not, it's not Ryanair. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Well, it's so good. So good. Well, Erica, thank you so much for sharing your time and your story with us. It's been Absolutely. a pleasure. It's been so much fun. And I can't wait to do it again. Yeah. Likewise. So if people are like, hell yeah, I need to follow this crazy lady and hear more all about her. Where can they find you? And I'm of course, like always we'll put it in the show notes. (laughs) Instagram is the spot to find me. That's where I like to hang out the most. And my handle there is just my first name and my last name. So it's E-R-I-C-A-R-E-I-T-M-A-N. We can chat send me a DM. You will hear all about my crazy rants and ideas. (laughs) It's true. And and she has lots of really fun wheels. (laughs) Oh, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Awesome. Well, thank you guys for tuning in. We'll talk to you again real soon. Ciao, ciao. Bye-bye. If you're ready to execute and achieve your big, bold, unapologetic goals and dreams, join us in the Ambitious Women's Collective Facebook group. It's a space for ambitious leaders, innovators, and change makers. And hey, you belong here too. Come make big things happen with us over at myyeslife.com forward slash group.